Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Last Life Podcast. This is my weekly gaming podcast where we use this one life to explore amazing worlds and discuss all things video games related. Tune in every week for new episodes and to support this show, please subscribe, comment and rate this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. You can email me any questions at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. All the various social media links, including the email, will also be in the description. I know we had an episode earlier this week, but this is kind of like a bonus. Technically, that episode was supposed to come out last week, but because of things on my end, I had to kind of edit it and all that stuff a little bit later. So it came out earlier this week, but I still wanted to kind of make sure that we're hitting this episode this week, just because a lot has happened, even though not technically, obviously in the gaming world, sort of, but a lot has happened on my end, in terms of obviously, if you've listened to the the previous episode, you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. So uh, we'll jump into that toward the end, actually, because it will relate to some of the stuff that you know I've been playing and everything like that. But I think the one thing that I do want to kind of like go over initially is because this game has kind of slowly blown up, blown up more than what we thought, like or how we thought it would perform. Um, and that's a game called Multiverses. So we're gonna jump in right into that. It is honestly bigger than most people have expected. I, I just kind of took out and looked at an article um, at on IGN and basically it was getting around 144,000 concurrent players on Steam yesterday. So by the way, this game Multiverse is actually going to go back is a Warner Brothers produced fighting game in the style of Smash Brothers. And it has a lot of Warner Brothers characters or, or properties that they own. So they have stuff like Shaggy, Batman, Arya Stark, I think Arya Stark's in there. I think Arya Stark's in there, but we'll get like Rick and Morty, LeBron James. The idea that we're getting a lot of like these Warner Brothers characters or from their movies put into this game. But either way, you know, like it was like, okay, fine, it's free to play all that stuff. No one really thought too much of it because we already got a game similar to that, uh, which is called Nickelodeon um, All-Star Brawl, something like that. The main difference was Nickelodeon required you to pay them money that that, that game, you know, had a, had a cost. Whereas in this case, it is free to play. And so far, it doesn't seem like it's free to play or it's not it's not pay to win. It is very much, you know, you're just kind of buying skins for your characters and that's about it. Obviously, this is just, you know, it just kind of went open beta-ish recently. So uh, lots to be seen in the future. We don't know what this actually means or how this game will actually perform in the long run. But at this time, it is doing well. It is doing better than expected. I haven't played it yet, and I do plan on playing it. It's, it's downloaded on my PC. I, I, I was going to maybe check it out on another device, but I'm gonna, like, I'm, I am gonna might stream it. I feel like it might be fun to kind of stream it. I was trying to actually connect my GameCube controller to my PC to see if I could make that work, and I have, like, the USB connector that I use um, for my Switch, and I have, like, the GameCube controllers as well, but for whatever reason, Steam was just not recognizing it. I might have to, like, download, like, a third-party software and whatnot, like, I don't, I don't know if I want to go through that whole process just yet because I'm like, you know what, I'll, I'll just use my Xbox controllers, not like I'm, I'm a Smash Bros professional player or whatever. I just, I just like the controller and I thought it will be a good way to finally get some use out of them because I haven't really used them in many years now, although I have like four of them. But either way, like I do want to check this game out. It does look pretty fun. It does look interesting. I am interested to see what this means for Warner Brothers and their approach to fighting games in the future because uh, they also do own a pretty, or actually technically it's two now, but they do own a very, very big property in fighting games, which is Mortal Kombat and also Injustice, which is 
you know, like, that's kind of big too, actually. But, you know, they own those two games. Like, this going free-to-play and doing this well, does this mean that this is kind of the approach they might take with Mortal Kombat in the future? I don't know. I, I, I still feel like it's okay to have that as a premium game and this can be that free-to-play game because it is a bit more accessible. But who knows? I mean, I feel like stranger things have happened at this point in time. The next thing I want to I want to jump into is Grand Theft Auto 6 news. I mean, it's been a while since we've gotten something substantial, but at least we have gotten a bit more information and theories, like a lot of theories being confirmed, I guess, uh, because of this news. So I think this was initially broken by Bloomberg. Or is it broken or is it reported? Because technically the news, whatever, right? It's been reported by Bloomberg. I think Jason Trier at Bloomberg. And one of the, one of the main things was that the main protagonist for the game will be a woman. And I think, I don't know why they specified it, but it, the, the person will also be uh, Latina, Latinx. So, you know, the, the idea of the story from, from what the report is saying is that it's going to be like a Bonnie and Clyde kind of a story. I've never watched that movie. I've heard that reference quite a bit. So I, I know my, my apologies. I should definitely catch up on my, you know, film culture history or whatnot. But ba I, I'm assuming it's kind of like, you know, Sundance, Butch and Sundance Kid. Like, is that the film? I feel like I've seen that one, right? The one with Robert Redford. But I'm assuming it's kind of like that, right? People that are kind of like outlaws, but like on the run type of a thing. So like, I like the idea. I like obviously that there's going to be multiple uh, protagonists again. Um, for me, like, you know, the characters in GTA 5 were awesome. I'm, I'm playing GTA 4 right now. So, you know, seeing those characters and everything like that, it kind of just tells you, shows you what's possible and what they're, what, you know, what the writer, writers at Rockstar are able to do. Um, the other thing, a big thing was that depending the culture within Rockstar has changed for the better. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, new, healthier policies that have been put in place. And the main thing is that, you know, this, the whole crunch culture has kind of been shattered of sorts. So with all this reporting about the new Grand Theft Auto game, the idea is that this game will take a long while for it to come out because, you know, there's no crunch culture or there's no like set deadlines of nope you need to hit it on this day or whatever of course i mean we'll have to wait until like you know more reports come out later on as well in terms of you know how the culture actually is but that's again a good sign the other thing was that initially what will happen is there will be a focus on i guess miami so you know all the reports of them going to vice city is kind of true but on top of that they will be adding other parts within America. I think they're focusing on America, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so there will be parts in South America and also like later on, they will be adding more parts within the US, which I think is really cool. Now, my main worry obviously is what this means for the type of game this will be for, because I love GTA 5 for having that main story, the main campaign and having that awesome story that all those awesome characters and those awesome missions and then having GTA Online being this like living, breathing thing that they're doing. Now with this, if they're going to be adding stuff to it, perfectly fine. But does this mean that it will have the same, it will hit the same way, right? And I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to cast doubt or anything like that in terms of this plan because it's very likely that it will hit in that way, especially with those writers and everyone in the Rockstar team working on this. But you can kind of see the shift that they're making. What I can see or what I would hope would happen is GTA 6, kind of becomes their almost living, breathing campaign spot where it's like, all right, we have this campaign. We have this awesome world. You're going to go through this. You're going to do all these missions and everything like that. Okay, it's done. 
no worries. We have an expansion coming out in the next eight months or 10 months, or kind of like destiny, like a big expansion comes out every year or so, you know, and you just kind of go back in on, on the side of that, we'll have Grand Theft Auto online. Most likely at that point, they'll be like, you know what, let's update Grand Theft Auto, on Auto online. Couldn't say that word for some reason, but we're going to upgrade, update Grand Theft Auto online to, you know, uh, with a new engine and whatnot, make it look nice, make it look better. And that will be basically the live aspect of it that will, we can just continue with your character that you have. It's the idea with like the whole Call of Duty Warzone and Warzone 2 and the same thing with Overwatch, Overwatch 2. You're seeing how they're like trying to figure out a way of how can you, how do you even do the sequel? Like this makes no sense. You're literally have such a huge base while we cut them off. So with Warzone 2, I don't know. I think, it, I think it's kind of confirmed sort of, but I'm, I'm obviously, I think when they say that I, I'm thinking of what Fortnite did with Fortnite chapter two, where it's technically a sequel, but obviously they've updated a bunch of stuff and they're kind of going with it as, Hey, this is a sequel. Actually, I think there's a more, more chapters after that. So I might, I might be wrong on that, but I'm, I'm hoping that's kind of what they mean with this. If, I mean, again, I'm going somewhere else. We haven't even discussed, we haven't even gone to a point that they've announced Grand Theft Auto online or anything like that. I'm just hoping that GTA six is just the campaign or whatever this idea is of adding areas over time is just kind of like the story area. And then the, the GTA Online is kind of continued from what it was before and just kind of added to it, you know, with like with like a mini layer of like, yeah, like that's still Grand Theft Auto Online. We'll add all the stuff to that game too, but it will be like a separate thing on the side. So hopefully, obviously, we don't know too much, but at least this makes things a bit more interesting. A quick thing I want to also kind of talk about, I guess, was Meta Quest because I love VR and everything like that quite a bit. And I'm always kind of shouting at the top of my lungs that people need to play. VR games more and adopt those consoles a bit more. Uh, but MetaQuest, or also known as Oculus Quest, uh, they announced recently that they will be upping the price or increasing the price by 100 USD because of you know components being more expensive and to be able to reinvest in, in, in the VR space and whatnot. And I, I honestly don't know how to feel about this, mainly because I'm looking at other products and other products have not exactly gone up in price because you know, a lot of people are having issues in general, as I think it's like a known fact around the world, the economy isn't the best right now. So for them to come out and say, yep, we know the economy is not good and people are losing their jobs or the inflation is crazy and whatnot. But yeah, like, you know, we, we gotta, we gotta look out for ourselves, I guess. So we're gonna up the price a hundred USD and hundred USD adding to that VR headset space. I think it just, I feel like it just pushes it over a specific threshold where I'm like, okay, now it's like, an expensive toy, you know, before it was like, Hey, this is really reasonable. And you get to play stuff like Beat Saber and the Star Wars games and all that stuff. And people can use it for different like activities. But now with the hundred USD bump, it just feels like, okay, like this is like buying a console. This is like buying a video game console. So it kind of goes into that territory. And this is just my opinion it goes into that territory where people are like, okay, so this is like, you know, crossing that 400, I think it'll be. The initially it was 299 USD for the 128 gigabyte model and then 399 for the 256 gigabyte model. So now you can imagine it's 399 and 499, right? So the 499 is basically reaching, you know, PS5, Xbox Series X level. And this is a VR headset with obviously great performance and everything like that. And, but it's not, you know, meant for, it can't do what the PS5 or the Series X can do. And similarly, when you pay 399 now, that also again is going into like Nintendo Switch slash Xbox Series S territory where you're like, oh, I can probably just get those cheaper and everything like that. So I don't know. Like, I just think it's a little bit 
more, a little bit too expensive now for what it is and for what it's trying to do. Uh, the VR space right now is still like oddly enough in its infancy. It is it, Oculus Quest and, and MetaQuest 2 um, was the thing that kind of brought it to the forefront and kind of brought it to just other people. People that would not normally want a game would be kind of like the Nintendo Wii would, would pick this up and say, yeah, let's, I want to get the VR headset. I can do workout stuff. I can do Beat Saber. I can play some cool games. I can play sports. Like there's so many things to do. And it also has like a really great user interface. I know the whole connectivity with Facebook and everything isn't the best, but I played Beat Saber with my sister a little while back and we used that connectivity and we were able to kind of get on a voice chat really easily. And it was like awesome. You know, it was such a fun experience. So like all this stuff was kind of there, but now with this push, it's like, okay, this is kind of getting a little bit more expensive. And I'm, I'm worried that this will cause an issue when it comes to adoption of, of these kinds of devices. Um, and this is the issue that happened with, you know, PS Vita as well. It's basically this thing of, okay, there's not enough consoles out there. So why will developers want to make games for that? And then, you know, similarly, it's like, it's kind of like a little circle thing, right? Because developers are not making games for it, then stuff like this will happen where they might stop supporting it or they'll just be like, you know what? Yeah, let's just up the price. Let's just get it out of the way. Like, I'm not sure what will happen in the future. I'm hoping that, you know, in the end, because we have PSVR 2 as well coming up pretty soon, hopefully uh, later this year. And this kind of makes me kind of think about what they could price that. Now, knowing that MetaQuest 2 is kind of being priced a little bit higher, are Sony also thinking, yeah, you know what? Like, why don't we can also price it a little bit higher? Maybe they were about to go lower. But this pushing up, uh, this push in price by by MetaQuest, they might be like, you know what, we can actually bump it up a hundred dollars, and we'll still be underneath what MetaQuest is offering their VR headset for, which obviously you know sucks for us, the people that wanted to buy the PSVR two. But this is just kind of how this world and this market works, which is really unfortunate. So hopefully, in the end, you know, maybe maybe they'll revert back to it. Uh, maybe this will lead to an, an announcement that you know what. We're going to announce a MetaQuest 3 and then this that will replace this price with the new thing or whatever. I don't know. I doubt that will happen. But I'm just hoping that in the end, we consumers are the ones that win. Um, you know, I feel like so many times when it comes to these things, especially in the gaming space, uh, consumers are always kind of left behind uh, when it comes to things that we're paying for, things that we're overpaying for in many, many cases. So the last thing I want to talk about, I kind of left it till the end, was... The Steam Deck. So I know in the last episode, I kind of talked to to Trevor and talked to Sevi about Steam, my, my Steam Deck and my whole story and how I ordered from eBay and everything like that, a sealed version and, and whatnot. And yeah, like I finally got it on Monday and I took it out. I recorded myself taking it out as well to make sure that, you know, it was sealed and everything, that there were there was no issues. Um, You know, obviously everything was sealed. There were no problems, no cracks, nothing like that. Opened it up obviously saw the, the stuff, you know, just the Steam Deck itself. I was really surprised by how light it was, first of all. I was really surprised that, like, I was I was thinking in my room, like, oh, this is going to be heavy, but it was light, and it was also not as big as I thought it would be. So I think those were the two things that just kind of popped out at me. I obviously, the next thing was, you know, I turned on to make sure again, like, to, that it works and everything like that, and it does. I then I put it up for charge for a while. Once it was charged, signed in, you know, started installing my stuff. I put in my micro SD card as well. I got like a one terabyte micro SD card just so that I would never have a problem when it comes to storage and all that. One, the first big issue that I, I noticed already was that it, it the download speeds are pretty terrible. Like I have a, you know, gigabit internet and everything like that. And even with Wi-Fi and everything, you still get 
pretty high speeds. And this is the thing with Steam in general. Like I have Ethernet, I have Ethernet cable connected to my PC and even here, um, Steam like is up and down and that's the same case with, with a Steam Deck. But the, the downloading speed was not the best. So obviously, you know, all that meant was I just have to like leave my Steam Deck to the side and just kind of wait. Uh, which I, I, I don't know why I didn't prepare for that because in my brain, I guess because I'm so used to the consoles having a disc or even the Switch having like a, a slot where you put like the games in that I kind of viewed it as a console of like, okay, I'm ready to play right now. But I kind of forgot that I'm like, oh yeah, this is like a full all digital console. So that was kind of the first issue. So I had to like, I was downloading a bunch of stuff like Elden Ring, Divinity, Vampire Survivors, GTA 4, Crisis. Um, I think those are, those are the only games that I downloaded, but I was downloading a, an inscription as well. I was downloading all these games, but like I had to wait. So I was just, I just like left it. And obviously because it took like a while, my battery was kind of getting drained, you know, at the same time. So once it was done downloading, I put it back to charge so that at least it's at like 80 or 90%. So once it was charged, I started playing, I started playing inscription. That was, I think one of the first games I tried just to try the trackpad. No, actually I, I tried Aperture Desk Job. That was the first game that I played. And that game was amazing. I mean, the people that made Portal, and it, it's funny, it's, um, the gameplay is awesome in terms of what it was trying to do. It utilizes the Steam Deck perfectly because it's literally meant to showcase the Steam Deck. So it kind of shows you how the trackpad or trackpad works, how the joysticks, all that stuff, how everything works, the touchscreen. So, you know, like that was a perfect entry. After Aperture Desktop, I, it, was a pretty, it was a pretty quick experience, by the way, it's like 30 minutes or so. Uh, but once I was done with that game, start playing stuff like GTA 4 because I don't know why GTA 4 was just a game that was for whatever reason calling out to me. I just remember being so amazed as a, as a kid when GTA 4 first came out. Um, and that just, be, that was kind of my first actual GTA game because I knew, I knew of the older one and I knew, you know, how you can just kind of do whatever you want. And that's kind of all I knew about it, but I never like properly played them. It was just like you go in for a bit and then I just would stop. And I was little, I didn't understand what was happening and everything like that. But GTA 4 was like my first proper GTA game and I just loved it. And I just remember technology being so cool where like the, the way you would bump into people, the physics engine and everything like that, how, uh, you know, the, the, the people that are walking around, it felt so lived in like the city and like the things that were happening, the things people would do, the, the facial animation, everything was just so cool. So I was like, yeah, I don't know why not GTA 5, even though I have GTA 5, Red Dead Redemption, all those games, like I have those, I'm like, nope, I, I want to play GTA 4 on this first. And like yeah, I started up 60 FPS, no issues. I bumped it down to 40 FPS to conserve battery. So I'll talk about battery in a bit, but I bumped it down to 40 FPS. Again, ran awesomely, you know, had a, have been having a really awesome time with it. I think that's a game that's supported, but not fully, it's not verified, but it still works. A lot of these games that Steam or, or Valve kind of deems as being yellow, which is like in between, or it has like a, a question mark or whatever, which is kind of like either unsupported or untested. A lot of those games still work. So like, you know, some, it might require you to kind of mess around with it here and there, but a lot of them do still work. So that's just kind of, you know, a PSA, I guess, just in case you're worried if one of the games has that rating on it, it will most likely still work. You can just mess around with it and try it out. But yeah, like overall GTA 4, really liked it. Other than that, I started playing Vampire Survivors. This was a game that, Trevor had recommended to me, uh, I think it was on Game Pass, but it was only like $2 on Steam. So I picked it up from there, started playing it. I'm surprised how much I'm playing this game. I'm probably like three to four hours in maybe. And um, it is quite addictive. Like I, you know, in terms of the game, it is basically, there's no attack, nothing like that. You are, it's a top down 2D game uh, and you're, you choose a character. 
your character will have specific kind of moves and the idea is that you auto attack so you're not doing anything you auto attack but you can move around and these enemies will kind of keep slowly coming towards you so when you attack them or when you kill them you will get these green little orbs these green little orbs no not the green uh, sorry blue little orbs in many cases blue green red they're like different colors but you'll get these little orbs when you take them you're you're you gonna get xp and you level up once you level up you can like upgrade your moves you can add new move sets you can add shields you can add stuff basically the idea is you're leveling up it's like it's like a rogue game but you're you're leveling up and you're getting more moves to be able to kind of fend off against these enemies and in order to finish one area or one mission you need to kind of i think play that area or mission for 30 minutes and that's kind of how you finish that first mission i think there's four missions in total so it's like basically you do that along the way you'll you collect coins and stuff like that those coins kind of like hades you take back and you're able to upgrade or power up certain things that will that you carry over into your next run so you just kind of do that so obviously like I'm, I'm, i will also say very similar to to neon white when you watch gameplay of this it will not look fun it will not look as interesting as it actually is when you actually play the game right so when you so i'm just saying like if you have game pass it's already free it's already there but otherwise it's three dollars and steam and valve have a really good return policy or refund policy of like if you play for two hours you can return it I would recommend trying this game out, seeing if you like it or not, because I think people will be surprised. I was surprised. I looked at the game plan. And I was like, yo, this looks not good, but I've been playing that. I've been playing that on my Steam Deck more than anything, which is crazy because I want to like check out a bunch of other games like Crisis, all the other games that I have downloaded on it uh, and Divinity and all that stuff. But I, I, I haven't I haven't done that yet. I'm just I've just been playing a lot of Vampire Survivors, which again is perfectly fine because that's the whole point of having Steam Deck is, is, is to be able to play whatever game you want, wherever you want, right? I feel like Vampire Survivors would not be a game that I would normally want to play in front, uh, in front of the PC, but I can see myself, you know, when I'm watching The Simpsons or some TV show, I can just put that on and, and have a great time. So I do really like that game. The battery thing, I just want to kind of quickly go over. The, the battery is, so far, it's like hit or miss in my opinion. Um, Like I, when I went, because the way I play, I play it, play games in like, 30 to 40 minute chunks, or if I'm playing a multiplayer game, it will be probably be longer than that. But in many cases, after 30 to 40 minutes, unless it's like a very intense story focused game, I usually, my, my just attention span is just terrible right now for whatever reason, or I just start doing other stuff. Uh, or it usually it's like, I find like that perfect sweet spot of, I play a game of 45 minutes, I get enough progress, I save and I come back the next day kind of a thing, right? So that's kind of how I've been playing it. So for me, it was because I play like that, it wasn't bad. But I noticed that obviously, like if I was playing a game at 60 FPS or, you know, even if I was doing 40 FPS, if I was playing a game for a little while, you do notice that, okay, yeah, like after three or four hours, this will be down. Like I need, I will need to charge my, my Steam Deck. Now, I don't remember how it was or if it was any worse on the Nintendo Switch. Um, my, like the, the most recent memory is of playing Pokemon uh, Legends Arceus on the plane and stuff on my Nintendo Switch. And I didn't really notice, I, again, like because it was, it's just my Nintendo Switch, I, I just don't notice these things, I guess. And anytime I'm done playing it, even for 30 to 40 minutes, I just put it back in the dock so it starts charging it again. So because I, I never noticed it, but I, I still think that Nintendo Switch obviously has, you know, a better, just better battery in general. Um, but again, it's not as powerful as the Steam Deck. I, overall, I will still say that like, okay, this might be a miss in some cases because if you're wanting to play a game like gta 4 for like five six hours straight on your team steam deck 
like, yeah, that might probably not happen. But if you're okay with, you know, playing it for like an hour or two, putting it down, maybe letting it charge, that is, you know, more than reasonable. And I think that's more than reasonable in terms of how we normally would play games. Like I said, I don't know everyone's way of playing. I'm just kind of relating this to my experience and how I play it. Just because even with the Nintendo Switch, I never was someone who just had it next to me and played it for eight hours straight. And I, I think in general, just there's been very few games that I've played for longer than two to three hours in, in one sitting so far. So I, I just think in my, for me, at least, it's not an issue. Uh, but I still want to mention it as being a hit or a miss in terms of like, yeah, like it is even for me, I w as I was playing when, when, some, my, when my battery was like 99% and I'm playing Vampire Survivors. And I play for, like I said, like 40 minutes to like an hour or something like that. And then I see my battery is like 89 or 90. Like, obviously, it's not like huge drops. It's not like crazy. It's not like it goes from that to like 50. So you won't see stuff like that. But at the same time, like you will still be like, okay, like it is draining the, the battery and stuff, you know. The other cool thing, obviously, on top of that is you're able to kind of choose like the frame rate, the refresh rate of your of the screen, all that stuff. So that kind of helps increase your battery life as well. So I would definitely recommend trying that. I haven't tr I've played around much with it i just downloaded stuff on my steam uh on the steam deck and you start playing from my steam library so far i haven't done anything outside of it like d d downloading different launchers and whatnot so i'm definitely interested interested in trying that but so far i'm really loving it you know in terms of my steam deck review and everything like that it is like i can see this being like i i made a video about this a while back but i can definitely see this being the next kind of big thing especially in terms of pushing forward the PC gaming market. Uh, there has all there has kind of been a rise in PC gaming in the last year or two, especially around the pandemic. You know, like uh, YouTubers like Linus Tech Tips, uh, Paul's Hardware, Jay's Two Cents, Harvard Canucks, like there's all, all these YouTubers. I, I literally saw them because I was watching them around 2019 or so when I built my PC all the way to now. And like you saw like a huge jump in all of all these, you know, all these YouTube, YouTube uh, channels and whatnot. And it's because there was just this rise in, in PC gaming and this interest in learning about PC gaming and a lot of gamers in general wanting to move to PC game because they know it's a place that where you can not only get amazing looking games and you can customize it to your heart's delight, but it's also an area or a pathway that allows you just kind of upgrade up, uh, according to you, right? According to what you need at that time. So I think that has been a big thing. That's been a big thing for me as well, because with consoles, right, you're definitely limited and if a console is not doing well in terms of, you know, the games are not running well on it, Nintendo Switch, like then, you know, that's it. You just have to wait. You just have to wait and, and hope for the best. Whereas with, with, on the PC side, you can go as low as you want or as high as you want. You can do so many other things on top of that. Like I do with, with streaming, like making this podcast, like making YouTube videos. It just allows you to do so much and enjoy all the games you want. And in my case now, sim racing has become such a huge part of my life that for that, you need a gaming PC. So, you know, you saw this rise in PC gaming recently, and now it's the Steam Deck has basically come for those people that want to build a PC but might not have the space, or want to build a PC but might not know everything, or might even just say, you know what, like, no, like, this is too expensive, or what's the point? Like, I, I need to, you know, I, do I really want to go through all this effort, all this work? Now, Steam Deck comes in and is like, yep, this is literally a gaming PC in your hand. You can go to desktop mode, you can do a bunch of stuff there go back to game mode and just play your video games and you will uh, you will literally get the entire steam library available to you so anyone that wanted to play i know staff so she ordered a steam deck after seeing mine and everything like that because 
she also was like, yeah, like there were so many PC games like Sea of Thieves and everything. I know that's on Xbox, but but she doesn't have an Xbox. And for her, like, it's like, okay, you know, it's cool to have an Xbox, but if you have a Steam Deck, there's all these different things you can do with it. And it also gives you access to so many games for a very, very cheap price. Uh, and with Xbox, I think for her also because of her setup, it's also like in terms of the location of the TV and everything like that, you know, it just kind of allows you to be able to just play this wherever you want, literally have a gaming PC in your hand. And I've noticed as well that I'm playing more Steam games now because of my Steam Deck. Because so many times I would be sitting in bed and I would think to myself, I'm like, oh, I feel like playing a bit of Final Fantasy 14 before I sleep just to do a few missions, level up and everything like that, you know, get to the next expansion. But I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm a little tired. I'm just going to watch something and, and go to sleep, right? And and that's kind of what my mentality was so many times. And I'm like, I, I could go sit in my office chair, sit in front of my PC, you know, it's, it's nice and comfy here, but it's still, it's like this bright light that's shining on me, the, the monitors and everything like that. It just kind of takes you out of that experience sometimes when you just want to like relax and play a video game, right? Again, this is different for everyone, I know. In my case, I was like, this is this is amazing, this is perfect. And I'm, I'm sure that's exactly what Staff Silva is seeing with this is, yeah, like I could get a console, attach it to my TV, you know, and, and play it there. Or I can get this and I can not, not only just get, you know, all the games that I want to get, but you have literally a gaming PC in your hand. You can do so much more with this device. And it's, it's just such a cool piece of tech. So I, I can definitely see this. Obviously right now, the main issue is that Valve is not, in my opinion, not doing the best job of, you know, getting this out there as quickly as possible. This whole thing that people that have pre-ordered this last year in like the couple, first couple of months are now kind of getting theirs or even people that, you know, pre-ordered it on, on the day of, didn't get theirs until like recently. I think that's just a little bit ridiculous. Like even if there were like a, a million or two million, I don't know, pre-orders, whatever, we've seen PlayStation and Xbox do it to a much better scale. And obviously this is Valve's first kind of, you know, push. I know they did the Steam machine thing, but this kind of like their first push into almost like mainstream console territory. But I do think they should have done a better job of making sure there were enough and that, you know, this, the, People aren't waiting until, oh, it says after Q4 or after Q3. What does that mean? Will it be October? Will it be next year? Like, I just don't think that's, that's good. And I think that could be the only thing that could cause, you know, people to not fully adopt this. Is because if, if it just takes you, if you want to, like, I'm talking to you about this right now. And you're like, okay, yeah, you know what, I'm on, I'm convinced. I want to get a Steam Deck. You go on there, you pre-order it. And based on what's happening right now, you probably won't get it until maybe, hopefully, the best, best possible case, maybe December, that again, like I said, very unlikely, but maybe December, but more likely you won't get it until sometime next year, right? How frustrating is that? Like at that point, you're literally getting a, a console that is a year old. It's a PC gaming space as well. And PC gaming does move forward quite quickly. Um, I am hoping that this is a console that Valve works on and supports for the next four years. In terms of the overall power, um, it is a little bit below the Series S uh, because just because the resolution is targeting is lower as well. Um, obviously, it's not like super powerful in general, but it is still powerful. I don't want to take that away. Uh, but I'm, I was kind of looking at it in terms of future games and, and you know, future proofing this device. And with that sort of stuff, when it comes to new games that come out, I honestly don't know. I think I think with a bit of changes here and there, especially if Valve gets involved, kind of like Elden Ring, um, there will be a way to be able to kind of, you know, make games work, especially new games work on it like in a, in a year or two. But I'm not 100% sure. But as long as there's commitment from Valve's side, this can definitely be like a four-year console and you have it for four years and then release like Steam Deck 2, depending on how, how this does. 
Uh, but again, like for anyone that's ordering now, right, that, that again could be a concern of like, okay, you know, if this is going to come until like, it's going to take like a whole year, I might as well just build a gaming PC or I might as well just get an Xbox Series X or this or that. So I think that that is an issue that Valve definitely needs to kind of address in my opinion. So the last thing I'll kind of just quickly talk about is are some of the games that I've been playing. I know I mentioned GTA 4 and Vampire Survivors. Um, I just finished Sniper Elite 5 on stream recently. And yeah, it's a fun game, more Sniper Elite. If you enjoy Sniper Elite 4, definitely recommend it. Um, I don't think it's like one of my top games of the year. I thought it would make it in there. Maybe it would, um, but mainly because there were some areas of some missions that, you know, I felt like just the level design wasn't as good as I thought it could be. Um, but at the same time, it just felt very, you know, run of the mill. It just felt like, okay, it's more sniper elite. You know, the story wasn't amazing, anything like that. The gameplay was fun, but again, nothing like revolutionary. It was just more sniper elite. So for me, it was just like, all right, I'm just going to watch another episode of Friends, right? It's like great, but I'm like, okay, that's it. You know, I'm not going to put Friends as a game of the year or like a TV show of the year since it's been out like so long ago, right? Like I, it just doesn't make sense for me. It just doesn't come to me as a game that I'm like, yep, no, this is one of the best games of the year. But it is a very, very fun game for sure. The other game, obviously, I've been playing a bunch of is iRacing. Uh, so my friend Meyer and I, Meyer, who's been in a, a bunch of uh, Twitch streams and everything like that, We've been playing a bunch of iRacing, you know, just playing online, everything like that. Love playing that game. Uh, if you're into sim racing and you have a gaming PC, definitely recommend it. Definitely recommend checking out iRacing. Um, you know, I caved and paid for the multi-subscription and all that stuff. But, you know, just the gameplay and the feel of the cars, everything like that is just so good that in the end, you know, for if you're into sim racing, everything like that, it's, it's worth it. The last game I could want to talk about is a game I just started playing on stream, which was called Hard Space Shipbreaker. And basically you're a person that is like salvaging ships. So like you, you're given like a ship, you have to break it down and put it in the right areas and whatnot. And that's kind of it. That's at least for now, that's kind of it. And it has a very funny ish kind of story around it. Like just the world, uh, basically when you become a shipbreaker, you're like in billions of dollars of debt and you're basically paying your debt off and everything like that. And it, it's got like a cool, like aesthetic to it as well. It's got really cool music. Uh, voice acting has been really great so far. Um, I don't think it's like a full like story based game, but there are obviously story bits in it. So it's not like, you know, it's not like fully just bland, just do this, whatever. There are some cool story bits so far from what I'm kind of gathering. Um, at the same time, the gameplay is really cool. The gameplay, they kind of teach you how to use each of your, your tool sets and everything like that. And to kind of break ships down what you need to do. Uh, they have like a whole cool tutorial setup, but it's on game pass, which is why I want to check it out. And also because people were kind of talking about it and I'm really liking it. I'm really liking it so far. I'll probably keep playing this game and this game again would be a perfect Steam Deck game. I, I feel like I'll be saying that quite a bit. There'll be like a number of games that come through that I'll just kind of be like, yeah, this is awesome. I will probably play this on my Steam Deck. So I might be double, du double dipping, double dipping, <laughs> double dipping into a bunch of games just to be able to play it on my Steam Deck because uh, some some games just, there's a game called Bear and Breakfast that I haven't checked out, but it looks really cool. And I'm like, yeah, that looks like, that looks like a Steam Deck game, but you can kind of see what the Steam Deck has opened up for me and for many gamers out there, especially if you already like the PC gaming space. And even if you're not into the PC gaming space, it is still worth, it is still a, a, a tech that is worth checking out because when you get it, first of all, you'll, you'll be open up to so many PC games that people don't know exist. Uh, many of these games that come to PC and then come to consoles and then because they come on consoles become like all mainstream and everything, but you will get access to those games and at a cheaper price in many cases as well. So. At the same time, you have it all in your hand. So you never need to take up a TV 
or or if anything like that you can play it in bed you can play it on the way to way to work anything like that there's so much stuff you can do with it i think it, this is basically what the switch was supposed to be right the switch just got limited because of the third party support that it just didn't have or it had here and there but not the greatest like i saw my sister play the witcher 3 on on the nintendo switch and uh yeah i know that it's um it's like an, a miracle that works on it and it's awesome but it is not you know it isn't it looks blurry like when i was play, i was seeing it play being played i was like yo this is blurry I, I can't see nothing but again like that's kind of like what the limits were for the nintendo switch and also just the space it has right it's like it's the the, the ui and everything isn't the greatest at the moment obviously for nintendo games it's perfect but otherwise not the best now you literally have a console which is basically able to play all the games that will be available most of the games that will be available on uh, on xbox and playstation the, the main reason i say most of them is because PlayStation does put their games out on PC as we're seeing with Spider-Man and God of War, but like a year or so later. So you will technically get them. But again, like, you know, a little bit later, but now you have all that available on your Steam Deck. Like, how crazy is that? So I'm really excited for this device. I'm going to keep raving about it. And I'll definitely keep mentioning any um, issues or faults that I see, um, especially when once Trevor gets his, uh, we'll definitely do like a mini Steam Deck get together, mini review of sorts to talk about it. So thank you to everyone for joining. It really means a lot. Please email me at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. You can also find me on, on Twitch at twitch.tv slash amandaman at Instagram, amandamangames. All the stuff will be in the description below. So come hang out with me on Twitch. I'll be playing a bunch of multiverses and a couple of demos that I found that I wanted to play. So we're going to have lots of fun there. Thanks so much, everyone. And I'll see you next time.